First Order was just the beginning. I will give you so much more. You'll die first. I have died before. The dark side of the Force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be... unnatural. Could you give me everything? Welcome to the Wampa's Lair podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hoth, our hosts, Carl Leclerc and Jason Hunt have been frozen upside down to the cave ceiling with nothing to do but talk all things Star Wars. So make yourselves comfortable, but keep a wary eye out for trouble here in the Wampa's Lair. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair Podcast. This is episode number 532, Top 5 Spooky Scenes. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Darth Vader to my Emperor Palpatine, one of my puppets, <laughs> we have Carl LeClaire. <laughs> I'm just looking for the Aluminum Falcon. <laughs> what the hell's an Aluminum Falcon? <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez, he's crying. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, ha- you know, happy Halloween to everybody. Uh, we figured it'd be super fun, being that it's the end of spooky season, to talk about some of our favorite spooky scenes in Star Wars. Uh, this was something we were we wanted to get out at least by Halloween, which we will be doing. Uh, Jason, my pal here, was quite sick last week, so I'm glad you're feeling better, buddy, and we're back at it. Yes, yeah. No, I was I was so sick. I woke up the morning that we were going to podcast and had absolutely no voice. Yeah, would have made um, it difficult. <laughs> it would have made it very difficult for me to sign language my way through an audio podcast. Yes, um, yes. We decided indeed. to push it back a week. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, but that's what we're here to do: talk through some uh, some of our favorite spooky scenes uh, across Star Wars. And you know, saying spooky scenes is obviously a very subjective thing. Um, I have some kind of sillyish spooky, and I have some really dark spooky. So uh, I, yeah. I'm looking forward to this conversation. I, I'm talking about moments that I've rarely talked about on the podcast, which is also really fun. Yes, absolutely. There's some very interesting things, and it's interesting because you know Star Wars as a whole is not you know something that's horror driven. It's not like a designed to scare you. It's a, it's a it's an adventure for the most part. Um, but there are some some rather creepy creepy things that pop up uh and especially i've noticed in a lot of the stuff that's not necessarily the main three trilogies uh at least that's where my list ended up was not a lot from the main movies so yeah yeah um i think actually yeah i don't think i just have a couple from them from the main movies um but uh 
Well, without further ado, let's just get into the to the discussion, Jason. Uh, you want to kick that off? Sure. Uh, we'll start off with number five, and this is from one of the, the feature films. But uh, we're going to go to Rogue One, uh, and uh, we're going to jump all the way to the end, folks. Uh, the epilogue uh, where we have Vader unstoppable. Uh, you know, the rebel troopers are mm. uh, trying to escape uh, the the profundity that is uh you know immobilized and being boarded and they're jumping aboard the Tantive Four and the lights go out and you hear one breath and the the bright red saber of Darth Vader ignites and it is pure carnage and horror in that corridor uh for all of those uh that, that Vader just absolutely cuts through. Uh, the music goes absolutely bonkers and it's, it's terrifying. Uh, there's, there's a lot of different kinds of spooky out there. And this is just the monster that cannot be stopped. Uh, and it's, it's terrifying. And it, it reminds me, you know, obviously that the, uh, this scene heavily influenced, uh, the, one of the scenes from, uh, Lords of the Sith. Where mm. Vader boards a one of the the rebel ships there, and it, he just makes his way from one end to the other, just wiping everyone out. And it's uh, that kind of thing is is definitely one of the <laughs> the things he has become famous for during this period. And it's terrifying. And I would never want to be a rebel soldier uh, in any of these movies uh, facing him like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, it's it's really. I would say probably one of the most terrifying Vader scenes um, yes. because, because that scene's really not about him. It's, you know, first and foremost, I would say it's really about, um, you know, the plans, the plans. And yeah. And, and, and there's just this force of nature pursuing them. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes Vader so scary there. And you know the way it's shot, the way it's backlit, and everything like that. I mean, it's it's terrifying. And I uh, th- I almost wish that I had thought of this moment because it would probably be on my list. But that scene in uh, the Lords of the Sith novel by Paul Kemp, it's pretty early in the book, and we're getting it from the perspective of it's Vader like boards a ship of um, uh, Champs and Dula. Yeah, it's Champs. It's, he's not on the ship, but it's it's some of his freedom fighters. Um, right. Uh, oh my God! Why am I blanking on what the heck they are? Twi'leks. Thank you, Carl. Yes. Um, but yeah, we're, <laughs> but we're getting the tr- like the radio transmission to the other ship, and it's it's this really terrifying thing as we we hear about this force of nature just yeah cutting through the Twi'lek resistance fighters on that ship. Like it's 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 that really good spooky element of um, you know hint at it without directly showing it. Um, right. It's, which weirdly, like I almost prefer that to the Vader scene in Rogue One, just because it's scarier in the sense of right. It's like it's it's hearing Jaws coming, but seeing him in it, in all his glory is a little less terrifying. But or or it's more terrifying because you've slowly built to it. Um, right. But and I, and I, I right. would say like, but even even in this one short truncated scene in Rogue One, it does kind of yeah. do that all within a matter of thirty seconds because it does start. Everything kind of cuts out sound wise, and then all you hear is the breathing and then the saber. Like it's oh it's so right. chilling. <laughs> it's it's really chilling. It's really good. And it it's definitely uh in my top five scary spookiest scenes in all of Star Wars. So 
Yeah, that's a really good. Uh, one. What about you? What's what's your number five, sir? Yeah, my my first one comes from Tales of the Jedi and the episode The Sith Lord, and it's weirdly enough, it's the scene where Yaddle Yaddle, she's Yaddle Yaddle pursues. Uh, he well, not pursue. He's he's following Dooku to what will eventually we'll find out be their little secret lair there on Coruscant mm-hmm. where he meets up with Sidious. And honestly, one of the main reasons I picked it is just the music uh, that Kevin Kiner gives us as Yaddle is kind of slowly following Dooku. The music is so ominous. Um, like, it's not downright scary, but it's ominous. And I think this scene, uh, right up to like the reveal of the fact that Dooku has become a Sith, I think there's also just this initial terror in the fact that this Jedi order that has been so upright and good and moral now has a former member who has become one with the Sith. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not that in your face gruesome horror, but it's the terror of the notion that good people can choose evil. Um, and I think Yaddle doesn't realize just how in, how in over her head she is. Uh, and I think that just, oh, it just, it, it gets me every time. And, you know, I mean, the music itself, it's it's sort of that, that, that creeping, uh, you know, slow realization of just how bad things are, uh, as you get one step closer to the truth uh every step closer to the truth is a step too far that you can't get back from and a step deeper into the darkness that you're realizing that that you're falling into yeah uh and and yaddle does a fantastic job trying to shine that light in the darkness and to you know blast a way out essentially uh you know but it's it's too far, and the uh, the goodness in Dooku does not exist at this point anymore, and that's what uh, is terrifying. Yeah, because they were friends, right? Yeah, it, it's it's this slow reveal of something, uh, and I'll say that the the brilliance of the 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 Dooku arc entails the Jedi to begin with is each episode is obviously charting to this point. Um, and each episode right. gets a little bit darker and darker. And at this point, it's where Yaddle, you know, finally rolls up on the f- on the fullness of Dooku's decisions. Um, right. And and it's I mean, he sees Dooku talking to the devil himself. And that's terrifying um, because I think Yaddle genuinely cares about Dooku. And, and even though Dooku yeah. is now a former Jedi she still cares about him and, and his well-being. And yes. I think what's terrifying is when somebody has made a choice for themselves that you can no longer have influence over. Because as you said, right, Dooku, like the light in Dooku has gone out. And, yes. you know, Yaddle try to, tries to plead with, plead with him that it still be there, but he has chosen to turn his back on it. And that will be to Yaddle's downfall unfortunately unfortunately yeah it's a great scene and and i can't i can never take my eyes away from the screen during that moment with that music and everything else it's, it's just built up so perfectly so yeah 
Great pick. Great pick. Um, Number four, right? Yeah, number four. Excellent. Um, I'm actually going to take us to one of the most, if not the most recently released Star Wars content out there. Uh, that being Ahsoka Episode Eight: The Jedi, the Witch, and the Warlord. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which, by the way, best title name ever. Uh, <laughs> just going to put that out there. <laughs> uh, but we get actual Death Troopers. Dead yeah. Death Troopers. Uh, and they're freaky as hell. Um, and I'm not... Just, Mm. Yeah, I'm talking about the the you know obviously the all the stormtroopers that you know are willing to to die in order to be resurrected and puppeteered by the night sister magic, of course. But I'm thinking specifically of the actual death troopers that Ezra and Sabine have to fight. Um, and uh, there's a one shot in particular; it just freaks me out. It's yeah. just gross and terrifying when she cracks open the helmet. And it just the, the face. It's not. It doesn't look like it's human anymore. Just tries to like come out of the the cracked helmet and bite it at Sabine. And it's just horrifying and awful. Um, but it's 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 that whole thing in particular. But that whole thing in general. But that moment in particular. It's just it, it, it gives me the heebie-jeebies every single time, and it's freaky as hell. Uh, so yeah, that that deserves a moment uh, on on my top five spooky scenes. Uh, I, I'm loving the fact that we got more Night Sister stuff, and it won't be the last time the Night Sisters make an appearance on my list. Just gonna say, um, but yeah, definitely, definitely, actual Death Troopers are freaky. Mm-hmm. Just saying, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and right, well, while we still don't know the full history of Death Troopers, um, I still suspect that, um, uh, oh my gosh, what's the sniper's name from Bad Batch? Uh, oh, uh, I'm blanking. I am too, it's, what the heck? <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. Whatever his name is. Uh, <laughs> um, Crosshair. So, Crosshair. Crosshair, thank you. Uh, I still think Crosshair That's- is going to be like a template for Death Troopers. Um but time will tell all that to say though. But yeah, I mean, these are actual death troopers. Um, like you said, you yeah. know, that, that shot of the exposed helmet, the jawline, like he's very much a zombie. <laughs> um, yeah. And right. Like this is a very popular thing in Western culture that the undead are just inevitably terrifying because you can't really mm. hurt them. How do you, you kill them again? <laughs> right. Like, uh, right. <laughs> um, I mean, they're just living monsters, uh, that, uh, that, uh, Sabine and Ezra have to take on. Like it's absolutely terrifying. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't like it. I don't yeah. like it at all. Um, <laughs> so let's move on to what your pick for number four is Carl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number four actually comes from Andor and, uh, it's, uh, the episode nine, nobody's listening, and it's the torture scene with Bix. Uh, I think it is one of the most disturbing scenes I've ever seen. Period. Uh, it is probably the most disturbing scene in Star Wars, and 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 like in the right way, right? Like that's what it's meant to be. Like I, I don't say disturbing, like it doesn't belong. Like it does belong, and it's so disturbing um, because you know, I mean, obviously we we've, we've seen torture scenes throughout Star Wars. Um, but there's something utterly terrifying about this one. Um, you know, 
and it's terrifying in the sense of like, it's, it's a psychological terror, you know, like they're not, I mean, I, I think she does get roughed up early on, but this isn't about physically hurting her. Um, it's about making her listen to this terrifying sound of death. Um, right. I can't, can't remember the doctor's name who's obsessed with torture, but right. He's, he's recorded these sounds of a particular species and the young ones as they're dying, like let out this terrible sound. And she is forced Mm -hmm. to listen to that. I love that. We don't get to hear it. Like we don't need to, um, but the, the, the actor that plays Bix, um, Adira Jones, I think, or something like that. She's absolutely beautiful. Um, but her acting is spectacular. I mean, throughout the show, but in this moment in particular, I mean, it's her face that sells us on the terror, right? Again, it's that, that thing we were just talking about. It's the whole jaws effect, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's sometimes it's the, the less you show, the more terrifying. And I think that's why this works so well is she's utterly helpless. She is at the mercy of these people. And in a way you're like, Oh, she just has to hear like, she just has to listen to something. How bad could it be? But you can see it on her face that it's terrible. I mean, she is being forced to hear something utterly terrifying and there's nothing she can do to stop it. Um, no, it, you know, the things about death are horrible in and of, of themselves. Uh, and having to listen to the sounds of death, not only the sounds of death, but the sounds of children dying and, uh, you know, alien children who give out a horrible wail, uh, that is the most terrifyingly, you know, sound on the human psyche, according to the scientist, um, and being forced to to listen to that bound so that you can't like yank the headphones off um, is, oh yeah, that's awful. It's yeah. awful. It's terrible. And you're right. It, it's definitely good that we don't hear the sound. Uh, because if we did, that would take, that would definitely take away from, from the intensity of it, but it's freaky. It's terrifying and, uh, uncomfortable to say the least. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, what is your number three? Number three, we're going to, uh, jump back into the movies for just a minute here. Uh, this is. This is strange because it's not necessarily, you know, a villain or a a monster or anything like that. It's a test. It's the cave. Mm. The cave on Dagobah. Mm. Uh and I and I think part of why I put this on the on my list is I distinctly remember the first time watching it in the movie theater uh when I was 7 uh being absolutely freaked out. By and, all of this. And to be clear, everyone, uh, Jason was seven for the special editions, not in 1980. <laughs> r- right. Yes. I, I was seven for the special editions uh, in 1997. Um, it was uh, that was just before my my eighth birthday because um, that came out in February, uh, if I remember correctly. Yep, February. But uh, yep. Uh, but I distinctly remember as Luke is like descending into the cave and walking through that first part of it, leaning over to my mom and say, what's going to happen? Uh, she just said, well, just watch. And I didn't like that answer because then Darth <laughs> Vader showed up. Um, <laughs> and, and it was, it was terrifying. And I didn't understand uh, 
why Luke's face was in the helmet. It that we creeped me out even more than Darth Vader. Um, and, and just the fact that, you know, all of this happened, it's in a spooky cave. There's freaky lizards and snakes and fog and Darth Vader shows up and then he's dead, but it's Luke's face. And what the heck's going on? Why is this a thing? And get me out. (laughs) That was my entire reaction to it as a kid. And, uh, it's obviously it's not really scary to me anymore, but it's still an unsettling scene, uh, in all the best ways possible. Um, but this is primarily on my list because of my very visceral reaction the first time I watched the movie. Uh, and I still remember it. So I, I wanted to make sure I had it on the list. That, I love that you put it on this list. I always love when you talk anything Empire Strikes Back. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it really is. It, it, essentially, it's Luke living a nightmare. Um, yeah. In real time, he doesn't have to go to sleep to experience his nightmare. Um, <laughs> right. And right. There's a terror in that as well. Um, he right. It's, it's very much a teaching point. That's the point of all mm-hmm. of this is to make him confront his deepest fear. But this is him confronting his deepest fear, right? Like it is mm-hmm. so scary that he has to go into this place and stare down his sworn enemy and even even in what would have seemed to be victory right like he cuts off the head it's like haha i've won and then boom it's his face like what Mm -hmm. (laughs) right um it, it right obviously the lesson is you can be like you have the possibility of becoming this but i don't think luke gets it right i think mark hamill's acting is really good in that that short shot of him looking down at it with utter confusion because it's Mm -hmm. like wait a minute, I thought I just vanquished my enemy. And wait a minute, why is that me? Um, so it's, uh, there's always, like there's obviously the simple terror of the fact this is a living nightmare and probably the initial sense of stepping out of it, not really understanding it. And that's very clear too, like because when Luke then leaves a bit later to go try to rescue you, you know, Han and Leia, Yoda says, remember your failure at the cave, right? This was a failure. And it's mm-hmm. probably in part a failure because Luke still doesn't understand it. He doesn't understand the lesson in that nightmare. Yeah, no, and it's it's a lesson that, you know, it takes a, a bit to to sink in, to uh, glean the meanings from and stuff like that. Uh, and, of course, you know, we're like, well, obviously it's this lesson, but, you know, we've also been sitting with this movie for over 40 years. So, you know. Um, but uh, and yet we still argue sometimes about what specifically it's all about. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it's a great scene, and uh, it's it is unnerving, unsettling, uh, especially if you have to if you're Luke and you actually have to go walking through this and then live with it. <laughs> so right, I, I imagine. Imagine seeing Darth Vader in the carbon freezing chamber and the first thing that pops into your head uh, is him stepping around the corner in the cave. That freaky is like, okay, so um, is this going to, is this my nightmare again or is this real life? Yeah, (laughs) that's a great point. Um, But yeah, no, great point. I love that you put that in there. It's really good. 
<laughs> You're welcome, Carl. You're welcome. Uh, uh, well, what about you? What's, uh, what's your number three? Uh, my number three comes from The Clone Wars, uh, season three, episode 18, Monster. And it's the moment when uh, Mother Talzin and the Night Sisters transform Savage into a monster. <laughs> um, mm. Great scene. Uh, yeah. it, it, I mean, I just remember like the introduction of the Night Sisters just in general in the Clone Wars universe was so cool getting to see the force being used in a completely different way. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a magic that they use, but it's still the force, but it's this interesting corruption of the force. It's a dark magic. And, and this scene with Savage, right? Would, and it all works because again, they put in the work in the early part of the episode to show that he's kind of a noble character. He has this brother, um, shoot, did I jot down his brother's name? I can never remember it. Crap. I forgot to write down his brother's name. Do you remember his brother's name? Uh, Uh, Oh, it begins with an F, uh, uh philip no i can't yeah <laughs> no. frank <laughs> that's a p carl well uh, some are with us a... yeah anyway uh, um, I'll, I'll look it up while thank you, talk. you but yeah i i mean so right the, the the early part of the episode is setting up the fact that he, he's got this brother he cares about his brother he cares about his night brothers um and then they they put this magic on him right they they corrupt his soul they they twist him into something grotesque they take kind of those good qualities of his you know you got it it's yeah uh feral feral thank you um i was close with philip um (laughs) (laughs) savage and philip a star wars story um right (laughs) but uh yeah you know it's it's really good because they they've taken these things that actually make him a good character his his desire to, to to fight for what he cares about, his desire to stand up for people. So they take that kind of fighting spirit, but just turn it into um, essentially just a love of violence, right? Like I think I think Savage is willing to fight to protect people, but then they take that that good naturedness and twist it into something banal, um, and mm-hmm. and it's perfectly personified because then when they bring in Feral. And Savage, without question, breaks his neck and kills him, right? Like it's, it's, yeah. it's, I mean, it's, it's a real clear sense that this person, that this Savage character is now a different person. I mean, it's, it's a very Frankenstein type scene, right? It's, it's him being turned into a monster. Um, and it's, it's sort of not even his choice, right? Like kind of is and kind of isn't. Like it's, it's, it's more of a choice that's, thrown onto him right there's not a tremendous amount of freedom in it um no but uh at the same time like it it does like he is just corrupted into this savage monster um Mm -hmm. so yeah that's that's my number three it's such a good one um yeah no i i almost had this on my list but i had um had a couple of other uh night sister uh, you know, focused moments and uh, on my list, so I decided to keep this one off. Um, but uh, yeah, don't. No, it's really good because it is. It, it it not only is it a you know just a physical corrupting to turn him into something that's uh you know large and terrifying and imposing, um, but it it just it breaks him and takes the base instincts that he has 
turns them up to 11 and strips him of all of his humanity and compassion. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's, it's terrible. It's terrifying. And it's just, you know, it's, it's sad. Uh, And especially because you can see a glimpse of what he used to be when he, when he's dying and all of that is finally like being, you know, leaked out of him. And he, he shrinks back down to the size he was. You can, you know, kind of just see a, a glimpse of that in his brother as he's reaching out to Maul and, and passing. Um, so it's even well, his, his, still in him. His it's dying, in him. Yeah. And his dying line is, I, you know, I'm not like you. I never was. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, so it's still in him. And so you can almost imagine that he's like his consciousness is sitting there in the back watching all of this, watching the monster that he's been transformed into run his body and his, his and everything and not being able to do anything about it. So I, Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, what, what is your number two? My number two, uh, we're going to stay in the clone wars, uh, but we're going to jump back a season to season two episodes, uh, seven and eight legacy of terror and brain invaders. Um, Welcome, Geonosians, you're to the horror show. Um, <laughs> we're just going to, you know, have brain worms that take over and uh, make you go absolutely feral and uh, speak Geonosian. Um, and yeah, I'm just going to take over Jedi and clones and anybody else that those gross worms can crawl up their nose into. Um uh, eh, I don't, uh, I don't like them. I don't like them at all. And I agree with Anakin. If you want to know more about them, study the bottom of his boot. Um, <laughs> that's the only way to to learn about those things. Thank you very much. I, yeah, the the just the concept of these creatures just grosses me out uh, and gives me the heebie-jeebies. Um, but the fact that we, you know, we have these characters that we, that we enjoy, like, you know, Barris ends up being taken over and she's, you know, this very passionate, conscientious, curious, um, Padawan. And then she turns just almost rabid, uh, as she's hunting Ahsoka down. Um, and not only is it, uh, just freaky because of the, you know, the creature in her, um, but you're left trying to, to figure out for Ahsoka, am I going to have to kill my friend in mm-hmm. order to stop this? Mm-hmm. And that's scary as well. So that whole scene is, but uh, you know, the, the whole two parter with those, those disgusting little buggers uh, in general, but specifically brain invaders where um, Ahsoka and Barris have to confront them on the ship and they're, they're trapped there together with all of this uh scary stuff carl is scary stuff for sure um yeah no that's that's a good one and 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 i i think that stuff draws a lot from uh, the alien movies you know the whole things that like connect to your face and impregnate you with an alien it's not exactly the same but it's i think it's pretty clear that it was inspired by that sort of trope um 
And yeah, that is like the, the thought that something, some sort of parasite or, or other organic creature could attach itself to you, completely overpower you, even though it's tiny. Uh, um, mm-hmm. And, and just re renavigate who you are is, is quite scary. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. you didn't, you did not want that inside of you. And now it's inside of you. Um, so yeah, uh, that's a, that's a great pick. Those, those brain invaders are quite disturbing. Indeed. Indeed. Freaky AF. Yeah. Um, what about you? What's, uh, what's your number two? Yeah. Uh, my number two, my, my final two moments are actually both from movies. Um, but my, my number two is from revenge of the Sith and it's Anakin or executing order 66. Um, mm. I think like it's not like it's not there's there's very I don't think there's really anything in Star Wars that actually scares me per se. Like like you said at the top of the show, like that's not really ever Star Wars intention. Um, I mean, I would say it's probably the most disturbingly scary thing is probably Bix um, being tortured. But other than that, nothing's really scared me. Um, But Order 66 Mm -hmm. is scary because this is our hero showing just how far from the light they have fallen. They're now comfortable committing, you know, multiple murders. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, I think what makes it so scary is it kind of acts as it's, it's really a cautionary tale in a lot of ways, because I think, the, I mean, this is kind of the point of Anakin's story in the prequels is that you know your selfish desires your your selfish wants and needs of trying to hold on to the things and the people that you love um and your unwillingness to let them go can really corrupt you um i think that's what makes this such a scary thing to me is um obviously like yes the service level of the fact that anakin walks into the jedi temple and kills his you know, siblings in the force, like as actively cutting down Jedi left and right Padawans all the way down to the younglings. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's what's so scary is that like, he was our hero. He was the one that we were supposed to identify with to cheer for. And what we're learning is our propensity to be like Anakin. And so far as not letting things go, not letting things pass out of our lives uh, we run the risk of, I mean, not literally becoming it, what Anakin does, but we run the risk of like our selfish desires overwhelming us and, and pulling us away from the light. Uh, and, I, and I do think the scene of him, you know, going into the council chamber and Master Skywalker, what are we going to do? <laughs> um, you know, and, and then we just get the shot of the lightsaber coming. That's all that's all we ever needed in that moment. Right. Um, I still quick side tangent. I still don't think that scene was necessary. Uh, I think it's. It, it's just too much. Like I don't. It, it's not. It makes zero sense to me that Anakin has gone that far in a matter of minutes. Like I do think that was a poorly executed scene. I I understand why it's there. George wanted to show. Boom. He went all in right away. There was no holds back. But it just feels real out of character, even for Anakin. <laughs> um, all that to say, uh, it is terrifying. And again, it's it's by not showing us that it's scary, right? Like um, mm-hmm. I I heard you know there's some really weird star wars youtubers out there that wish they could have seen that stuff it's like first off go to a psychiatrist you need help um and secondly even from the sense of like good storytelling and good scary storytelling showing less is often more terrifying um yeah so yeah like i think i think that scene is 
to me, it's the most terrifying because I can identify with Anakin's weaker nature there of not being able to let things go. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's terrifying because, you know, this is somebody who's very comfortable just destroying everything they used to be faithful to and everything they used to say they cared about just because they're afraid of losing one thing. Um, and I think that's, that's actually what makes this all terrifying is Anakin is willing to rain hell down on the very thing that was giving him or trying to give him life. Maybe not Mace Windu. Uh, um, and <laughs> you know, and, and this is the result of that. So it, it's quite scary. Yeah, no, it's, it is scary uh, because it does show, it, it does show how far he's fallen and not necessarily, and I'm, I'm going to, push back on the fact that I, you know, it's maybe not in character um, a little bit because it's definitely not in character for Anakin, but Anakin doesn't feel like he has a choice anymore. Mm. Um, and in order to, he will do anything to secure Padme's safety and Palpatine and to make Palpatine happy. Uh, and Palpatine has told him that the Jedi need to be eliminated, which is all of them. Um, and so that's why he's going to do it. He doesn't like it. Obviously, you can see the pain on his face as he's doing it. True. Uh, but, uh, you know, and, and that's also scary because he, he, he part of him mm. knows yeah. this is wrong. Yeah. And yet he still doesn't stop. Um, uh, and you're right. I, I'm, I'm glad you included order 66, uh, on the list. Um, because it really is, it's terrifying, especially mm -hmm. for Anakin. Yeah. Um, well, we are to your number one spooky scene, Jason. Oh man. Uh, and I rewatched this just before we, uh, we sat down to record, so it's fresh in my mind. Um, uh, we're going to go to season four of the Clone Wars, episode nineteen, massacre. Uh, Night Sister Voodoo is a horrifyingly terrible thing. Um, in this episode, this is this is the episode where Count Dooku sends General Grievous to Dathomir to wipe out the Night Sisters, um, and they pull out all the stops against him. Uh, against Grievous and, you know, obviously resurrecting the dead and all this stuff. And then Mother Talzin goes into her little, uh, you know, potion-making corner and potion -making is brought... Corner. Yes. Is, is brought a, a lock of Count Dooku's hair that mm. she has had stored away just in case for who knows how long. Uh, and she creates essentially a voodoo doll out of it. And from across the galaxy is torturing Dooku horribly. Uh, the, the way he's screaming and writhing on the floor in pain, uh, as, you know, Grievous has to fight his way through the Night Sisters to get to her, uh, is excruciating. And she could kill him this way uh 
and he is in very real fear of that. Uh, and not only that, but then in the midst of this, she projects herself across the galaxy uh, as a mist, pouring out of his torso to talk and taunt him. Uh, that And it looks like it's also causing him pain. But this is just, it's freaky. Um, remind me to uh, essentially crime scene cleanup after myself. Anytime I visit a night sister, I don't want them having anything of mine ever because this is, it's horrible. It's terrible. I don't like it. It's, it's scary as heck. Um, and it, it's part of what makes Talzin such a terrifically terrifying villain. She's, she's really great as a villain. Um, and this is part of it. Even, you know, point where, where Dooku, who's our other villain, is at the point where he's fearing his own death if Grievous doesn't come through in the next couple minutes. So, uh, yeah, it's it's terrifyingly freaky, and uh, it's my number one spooky scene in all of Star Wars, Night Sister Voodoo. <laughs> That's a really good one, and uh, and and and. You know, especially prior to uh, Mother Talzin revealing herself to Dooku, I think probably the most scary part about it for Dooku is the fact that you probably don't know who this is. You don't know what's going on. All of a sudden, your own body is attacking you, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and and to somebody like Dooku, who's always in control, who always has kind of this self-assured demeanor to all of a sudden have no control over his own body's functions uh, is quite scary. <laughs> um, and, and, and I always, I always found these episodes, uh, really compelling because I mean, the night sisters aren't straight up villains, right? Like they're not necessarily the bad guys. So it's interesting when you have them going against Dooku. Um, and is this also the episode where Asajj and her two sisters are like dueling him? Is that the same episode or no? No, uh, that's, uh, it's earlier in the season. Okay. Um, but it's not this episode. Okay. Um, but I mean, but in a similar vein, that's also like kind of unseen. I think, I mean, he's aware that it's some sort of dark magic. Um, yes. but yeah, once again, it's, it's, Oh, that like that power that Talzin can have just by having a lock of your hair, right? The ability yeah. to just completely decimate your body <laughs> with something that simple uh, is right. certainly scary, right? That, that that magic gives her such profound control of an, over another person is quite scary. Yeah, it's it's very scary. Uh, and as someone who doesn't like not being in control of themselves, um, that's part of why that's just – it's terrifying. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like not being in control of myself. Yeah. Uh, I mean I think that's true of most of us. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but you're right. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. Um, well, what about you? What's uh, what's your number one, Carl? 
Uh, my number one comes from the uh, opening moments of Rise of Skywalker when Kylo Ren stumbles across uh, clone chamber Palpatine. Uh, it's, it's honestly the scene that I thought of when I thought of doing this episode. I was like, I, I love that scene. Like Rise of Skywalker, say what you want about that movie. It's it's all over the place. It's kind of a hot mess. It's fun. Uh, but I every scene with Palpatine is perfect. Ian McDermott is always yeah. perfect as Palpatine. Um, and, and watching Kylo interact with him is great. And, and I think I love this scene so much too, is because it's creepy. Like it's, it's creepy mm-hmm. music. It's, you know, coming around a corner to a vat full of Snokes, right? Like, it's, right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I think like the whole point of this, the, everything that Palpatine is doing here with, you know, his, his Sith acolytes is they are ultimately trying to control life. Um, they are trying to manipulate, you know, biology and chemistry and all these things like they're using scientific means as well as some Sith magic to try to control life. I mean, this, this certainly does all link back to the story of Plagueis that that, um, you know, uh, uh, Anakin is told. And, and that's why, of course, we get the, the, the repeat of that famous line, the dark side is a pathway to. Uh, many abilities, some consider to be unnatural. Um, and then you see Palpatine. He's a living zombie. I mean, he's got no yeah. real, you know, he's got no pupils. He's got no, like his eyes are all glassed over. His fingers are not even fully formed. I mean, he's connected to a machine with all these pumps and weird colored liquid being put into him. Uh, I mean, he is a monster being kept alive by uh, weird science and magic. <laughs> um Yeah. And yeah, it's just, oh, it's just so creepy. And, and I appreciate it insofar as it is this interesting, um, this interesting kind of movement forward from the whole Plagueis thing. And if, if you've never read the Darth Plagueis novel, folks, uh, that's, that's a legends book. I can't recommend enough. It's very good. Um, and, and, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of stuff in that novel about Plagueis himself and all of the weird science experiments he's doing to try to manipulate midichlorians and create life and preserve life. That's pretty well translated into this opening scene in rise of Skywalker. That's really what Palpatine's doing with these Sith acolytes is they are trying to control life. Um, and it's terrifying because they're monsters, you know, at the end of the day. They're, they're not doing it because they're trying to make the galaxy a better place. They're doing it so that they can control the galaxy. That's what makes it scary. Right. Um, and, 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 and just the ambience of the, the, that scene, you know, the music's really good. There's creepy music. The lightning strikes. I, I, the lightning strikes on Exegol is one of the coolest sound designs in Star Wars, in my opinion. Like, I, I love it. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, we are we are literally in hell, right? And 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 thinking about it again in in the sense of like Dante's uh, Dante's I- I way of writing about Inferno, hell. Inferno, yeah, yeah. Um, right? Like going down these all these different layers of hell, but at the core of hell, it's this ice ball because it's so cold, it's devoid of light and life. Um, and this is where uh, Zombie Palpatine is is hanging out, literally. <laughs> um, right. And yeah. he's there yeah. trying. He's literally strung up a, to whatever this contraption is, uh, because it's the only thing that is able to sustain him at this point. Yeah, and it's still like slowly decaying away. He needs something. Yeah, 
an infusion of something. Yeah. Just why they're looking for Ray. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so yeah, that's just like, to me, that's like the spookiest, creepiest scene in Star Wars still for me. I, I love it so much. Um, and, and that point with Ray, I, this is, this is a separate scene. So I'm not trying to cheat here a little, but I do, I do like later in the movie when, Finn learns from Dio what Dio was doing with Ochi of Astoon, how they were looking for Ray. And when Finn says to Poe, you know, he was supposed, he, the emperor was looking for her. He wants her alive. And then Poe just like kind of gasps. And it's this, it's this terror of like, Oh my God, what does that monster want with our friend? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, that adds to the terror in some ways too. Um, but yeah. 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 No, it's, it's a really great scene. I, I considered this one as well. Um, as part of my list, it was, it was in that short category of things that I was thinking about that didn't quite make my list. Um, so I'm glad you had it on here because it's a really great scene. It, it's, it is just, you know, it's so gothic and creepy and, and it's just perfectly spooky um, in, in a way that only star Wars can achieve. And I, I really do like it a lot uh, for, for all of that. It, it is great just having Kylo just walk through, you know, as he's, you know, getting deeper and deeper into Exegol and all of this. And he's, you know, seeing just the, the laboratory of horrors that is being worked at uh, there with, you know, like you said, the vat of Snokes, which is just awful because they're just all dropped onto each other and, you know, twisted up. It's gross and. Um, and then just, you know, around the corner, we get Palpatine, uh, or the shell of Palpatine. Yep. And, and it's just freaky. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) Um, well, there you have it, folks. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed, uh, our, our favorite spooky scenes from Star Wars. And as always, you know. We want to know yours because uh, there's there's yes. a lot of other things to choose from. And I wouldn't be surprised if folks have a lot of things different from us. Yeah, absolutely. And and if you're ever thinking about making some sort of Star Wars haunted house, hopefully we've given Ooh. you some good ideas uh, uh, to include in that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, if uh, people want to weigh in on our picks or or share their favorite spooky scenes from Star Wars, whether it be. Uh, from any of the movies, shows, or books, where can people get in contact with us? Uh, we are on Instagram at the Wampas Lair. You can follow us on Twitter at Wampas Lair, or send us an email at wampaslairpodcast at gmail.com. Excellent. Anything else before we end this spooky episode? Look behind you. There's a vat full of Carl's. <laughs> oh god that's <laughs> that's terrifying there can be that's terrifying because i it, one is enough yes um, <laughs> now there are two of them <laughs> and with that thought folks uh thank you so much for listening to this episode of the wampus lair podcast this has been episode number 532 top five spooky scenes for carl i'm jason and we'll see you next time here in the Wampa's Lair. <laughs>